Hello, everyone, and welcome to Exploring Middle Earth. Um, my name's Jay. I'm Grant, and that's Grant. Yep. Who I was just about to introduce, but he jumped the gun. Oh, sorry, <laughs> no, I'm I didn't just know kidding. You no, me. I was. I just paused and let you talk. Oh, okay. My bad. Yeah, but um, we're excited today for a good episode. Yeah. We hope you're excited too, because we're talking about the children of Finarfin. Right. Right. Do you know who Finarfin is, Grant? Yeah, I, I've actually got a little bit written about him right here. So well, why don't you wait? I'm just <sighs> kidding. You can start whenever okay. you want. Um, yeah, <laughs> start whenever, dude. Okay, I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> Please. So I'm gonna be reading first and foremost <laughs> from page <sighs> 60 of the Silmarillion, at least in the version I have. Um, and this is in um chapter five of Eldamar and the Princes of the Eldalie, which is good more, chapter. More towards the end of the chapter. I don't really know. So page 60 in my version. This is a little bit about uh, Finarfin, and actually the children of uh, Finway. So you got this. Where did it start? Okay. So uh, Finway was king of the Noldor. The sons of Finway were Feanor and Fingolfin and Finarfin, but the mother of Feanor was Miriel Serinde, whereas the mother of Fingolfin and Finarfin was Indis of the Vanyar. Feanor was the mightiest in skill of word and of hand, more learned than his brothers. His spirit burned as a flame. Fingolfin was the strongest, the most steadfast, and the most valiant. Finarfin was the fairest and the most wise of heart, and afterwards he was a friend of the sons of Olwe, lord of the Teleri, and had to wife Eärwin, the swan maiden of Alcolande, Olwe's daughter. And then a little bit down... One, two, skip a few, 99, 100, and there we go, uh, like two paragraphs later. The sons of Finarfin were Finrod the Faithful, who was afterwards named Felagund, Lord of Caves, Oradreth, Angrod, and Ignor. These four were as close in friendship with the sons of Fingolfin as though they were all brothers. A sister they had, Galadriel, most beautiful of all the house of Finway. Her hair was lit with gold as though it had caught in a mesh the radiance of Laurelin. So just a few things. Um... Uh, it, it mentions that Oradreth is one of the sons of Finarfin and his brothers too, Finrod, Angrod, and Agnor, and Galadriel. Yes. Um, and Christopher Tolkien, um, when he was editing his father's notes on the Silmarillion, he included Oradreth as a brother uh, to Finrod and all those people. Um, but he afterwards uh, recognized it as kind of just an editorial mistake, and he mm. should have been the nephew of like Finrod. Yes. Um, he's actually... Um, Angrod's yeah. son. Yeah, Angrod's son. Yeah. Yes. Jay, Jay will talk Jay more talks, about him later. Let's talk Jay Ang talk later. Let's talk Angrod. <laughs> let's talk Angrod. <laughs> let's talk Angrod. <laughs> okay. Later. Yeah. Um, and then another thing, too, it mentions that Galadriel kind of, her, like, her hair was golden and it uh, seemed to have, like, the radiance of Laurelin. Laurelin was the golden tree, one of the two trees of Valinor that uh, kind of represented sunlight, basically. And from which the Malorn, basically, Malorne <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, uh, the Laurelin is where Malorn trees come from. Basically, basically. Now let's <laughs> talk Ingrid. <laughs> okay, um, this is silly. This is foolish. I'm done. Uh, okay, so now I'll continue to my notes. So, um, Finarfin was known as the youngest child of Finway, and indeed he was the youngest <laughs> child. He wasn't just That's known as the youngest. <laughs> he was known as the youngest because he was the youngest. And rightly so. <laughs> and rightly so. <laughs> well deserved. Um, he was the youngest child of Finway, who was the first king of the Noldor and Amon. 
Um, and after his father's death at the hands of Morgoth in the years of the trees on Amman, when Morgoth stole the Silmarils, mm-hmm. Finarfin's eldest brother, Feanor, became high king of the Noldor. Um, Finarfin was born in 1230 of the years of the trees. Uh, one thing about that, too, the years of the trees are actually basically like... Um, so every like age after the years of the trees, first, second, and third, and fourth, are all measured in... Um, basically solar years so it would be basically one year for us as a solar year in middle earth but years of the trees but years of the trees they didn't have a sun and a moon so they couldn't measure years by the cycle of the sun and whatnot um and the seasons thereof but um so the way they measured it is it was kind of like i can't remember the exact number i think it was 144 years to every one year Mm -hmm. so he was born in 1230 and i think he married his wife in 1280 so even though as like a human, it seems like it's just 50 years and you're yeah. like, okay, that makes sense. But he's actually like already, what, what is that? 50 times 144. That's definitely over a thousand years. Let me do the math. Right? On my no, I think, yeah, calculator. definitely. Definitely. Right. Let me pull up my calculator. Uh-huh. So 50 times 144. It's gotta be. It's gotta be 50. Yeah. It's like 5,000. No. Yeah. I don't know. 72,000 or 100. My bad for roommate. 7,200. 7,200. Not 72,000. That's insane. Yeah. I don't know if it's exactly 144 years. I know you can find this number in the nature of Middle Earth, which mm-hmm. came out last fall. But, I yeah, I can't remember what the number is. But it's something like it's some multiple of 12. It could even just be 12 years to every one year. But anyways, enough about I mean, that. Yeah, it's still crazy. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so that was when Finarfin was born in 1230 of the Years of the Trees. And his mother, like was uh, noted when I was reading from the Silmarion, was Indus, who was of the Vanyar, who were basically the high elves or the fair elves. And as a result, he inherited her golden hair, and so did his children. Um, His children came about as a result of the union of Finarfin and Eärwen, the daughter of Olwë, brother to Elu Thingol of Doriath and Beleriand. So basically, um, King Thingol of Doriath, his brother Olwë, who made it across the sea and dwelt in Alqualande. Um, uh, his daughter, always daughter, uh, married Finarfin. So he's basically married to, I guess, what you'd call a princess of the Teleri elves. So mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. Kind of kind of dope. Um, so his children were thus close kin to the Sindar in Beleriand and family of King Thingol. So they were, they were related. Um, Together, Finarfin and Eärwen had four children, the eldest being Finrod, followed by Angrod, Ignor, and Galadriel. And like I was saying earlier, Ordreth was considered that, but it was also an editorial mistake, so yeah. don't worry about that. Um, his children were also unique amongst the majority of the Noldor, for their hair was golden rather than raven dark, which most of the Noldor were. Um, after the Oath of Feanor, when Morgoth stole the Silmarils and Feanor, you know, vowed to... Uh, take them back at whatever yeah. cost necessary. Um, all the hosts of the Noldor, excluding a few who remained in Tyrion, left for Middle-earth to pursue realms in the death of Morgoth. Finarfin actually turned back for the love of the Valar and the city of Tyrion, and he was also dismayed by the doom of Noldor proclaimed by Mandos after the first kinslaying, mm-hmm. which was at Alqualande, his uh, wife's people. So that was one reason why he was like, eh, I'm done. I don't uh, want to do this. I got bad vibes um, about this one. But his children, you know, Finrod and those other ones. <laughs> I ju- there's just so many names to just keep yeah. repeating. So his children uh, went on to follow the host of Fingolfin because, like it was said, they were like brothers. They were like really good friends. Um, 
and it was fin it was basically Fingolfin was their uncle too, so it was like there was just still following family, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to leave them behind. Um, the children of the house of Finarfin did not participate in the first kinslaying at Elquande because you know they were uh, related to them, and they didn't want to do that. So, uh, but it was after the kinslaying, like I said, that Finarfin returned to Tyrion, and when uh, Finarfin returned, he became the king of the Noldor and Valinor because um, his uh, his other brothers, Feanor and Fingolfin, left. And Feanor is technically the High King of the Noldor, mm-hmm. but he kind of relinquished that right when he uh, swore an oath in vain, basically, in the name of uh, Iluvatar. Yeah. But he's still technically king. So Finarfin becomes king in Valinor, of the Noldor, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and later on, at the end of the first stage in Beleriand, during the War of Wrath against Morgoth, which apparently we see a little bit of that in the Rings of Power in the very first episode. Yeah. Not to spoil, it doesn't really spoil anything. It's just a prologue, but go watch the episode. Yeah. And then also, I'll do that. Never mind. We'll do we'll that do later. it later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so he, he returns to Middle Earth, um, leading a host of the Noldor from Valinor uh, to Middle Earth to participate in the War of Wrath against Morgoth. Um, so that's the only time he kind of returns to Middle Earth, but he soon after goes back to Valinor. So yeah, um, yeah. So now I'm going to talk about the eldest son of Finarfin, Finrod fin- Felagund. Great guy. Great guy. Great guy. So Jay, I think on one of the episodes leading up to the Rings of Power, we talked about him. Jay talked about him a little yeah. bit. I'm going to talk about him in uh, a little bit more detail because in the because ep- Jay did a bad job. Yeah, no, <laughs> in that episode we kind of had to compress it because it was it wasn't necessarily just about the sons of Finarfin. It was yeah. just kind of a bunch of characters that we were doing to prepare for the Rings of Power. Mm-hmm. So this one's just a little more in depth. Um, and it's going to follow that kind of storyline thing that we were doing, sort of. I don't really mm-hmm. know how it's going to work this time. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Finrod Felagoon, form just normally known as Finrod. <laughs> to friends and family. To friends and family. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was the eldest son of Finarfin and a hero of Beleriand in the First Age. He was born in the Years of the Trees, 1300, and died in the First Age, 465, aged 2,391 years old. Mm. So... I guess you can do the math there. You can do 2,381 years old minus 465, and those are the solar years. And then what do you have? Whatever you have there, 19-something years, 1,900-something years, and then you can subtract that. The and the, end, the end of the years of yeah. trees to 1,300 and find out how how many years of the trees were worth. So, But I we guess don't care enough. We don't care enough, but I'm just saying you can do that if you want to know. It's a little activity um, you guys can do at home. Yeah, and his lifespan covered many events. He was born also in the same year as his cousin Turgon, son of Fingolfin. Like I said, they were very close friends um, as brothers. And uh, Finrod um, was in love to um, a Vanyar elf named Amarie, mm-hmm. um, and that was in Valinor. Um, after the destruction of the two trees, Finrod opposed Feanor's views, but he followed along in the exile of the Noldor, for he had no wish that his people should be subject to the rule of Feanor and his misdeeds. He brought many treasures with him, including his ring. Unfortunately, his one beloved treasure was left behind, his oh Amarie. No. Uh, she had no wish to be exiled from her people, so she stayed behind, um, especially because she loved the Valar, too, and the... Um, even the memory of the trees, she was like, well, I just want to stay here. I just want to stay and remember. <coughs> yeah, right. I can only remember right here. That's what she was saying. 
Um, and then when his father, Finarfin, forsook the march to Middle-earth, Finrod held on his way to act as ruler of the house of Finarfin to those in the exile. He also kept going to be with his cousins in the house of Fingolfin, including Turgon and Fingon. Um, uh, Finrod and the house of Finarfin were among those left behind in Araman when Feanor ordered the burning of the ships at Lasgar. He and the other elves of Fingolfin and Finarfin's host had to cross the great icy wasteland of the Helkaraxe. Which is a fun word to say. Yeah. Um, and that's like far in the north. It kind of bridges the gap between Middle Earth and uh, Amman. Is that what we see Gladriel in, in uh, the Rings of Power? Or no? no. That's oh. uh, that's Foradwaith, which oh, okay. is the. Uh, if you look at like a map of Middle Earth in the Lord of the Rings, it's like um, you can kind of see it above the Misty Mountains and by yes. that ice bay of Forakel. Yeah. Through. Through, through. Um. Yeah, and then when all the Noldor kind of landed on uh, uh, Middle-earth um, in Beleriand in the first stage, uh, there was the Dagor Nuin Giliath, which is battle under the stars against Morgoth and his orcs. Um, and the elves had the victory there because they kind of took Morgoth by surprise. He was uh, surprised by their uh, resilience and their, um, and their like eagerness, basically, to kill him. Like mm-hmm. He kind of underestimated their revenge. And also, the first rising of the sun and the moon happened when, I can't remember if it was Feanor's people or Fingolfin's hosts when they first came to Middle-earth, but the first sun and moon arose Mm -hmm. uh, to replace the two trees. Um, And so that was kind of a big downer for the orcs, because the orcs can't survive very well in sunlight. So that was also one reason they had the victory, is because they kind of took them by day. or Well, they took them, it's battle under the stars, but then Mm -hmm. the sun rose, so... Um, that was what kind of helped them. Um, so after that victory, the Noldor spread throughout Beleriand and began the ordering of their realms like they originally wanted. Um, and Finrod at first established a small realm in the upper vales of Syrian between the Arid Wethrin, which is the Mountains of Shadow, in the west and Dorthonian in the east. His tower was called Minas Tirith, which is wow. not the same thing as no. in Gondor in the Third Age, but it's the same name. means mm-hmm. Tower of the Guard. And it was built upon the island of Tol Sirian in the midst of the river. Um, and then in Dorthonian uh, is where his two brothers ruled the highlands in defense against Morgoth in the north. So his two brothers we know canonically to be Angrod and Ignor. Yeah. Jay, what do you have about them? A lot. Actually, not a ton because there's not a <laughs> yeah, ton about them. We have a lot, but not a lot. Not a lot, <laughs> yeah. Um you know, I'll talk about Angrod first because he's the eldest. Cool. I guess both their stories intertwine. Yeah. Because they're like inseparable. <laughs> or not. I don't know. They're I not twins, know. though. They're Ag- not. Agnor? Agnor? Agnor. Agnor. A E is I. I. Okay. Agnor and Angrod. Yeah. Um. Let me just get my bearings with my book. <laughs> okay. Have you found them? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> um, Agnor. We'll start with him, even though I just said we'll start with Angra. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have his stuff written down first, so that's why. Oh, so okay. he was My born bad. in Tyrion uh, sometime during the noontide of Valinor. And then uh, when Feanor spoke in Tyrion, Agnor was moved by his words and his brother Angrod. Uh, both of them were moved. Yeah. You don't know which much. direction, but they were moved. <laughs> um, but neither spoke against their father. Um, but they did follow uh, Feanor into Middle-earth. Yeah. And um, when the Noldor returned to Middle-earth, he and Angrod, his brother, held the northern slopes of the highland of Dorthonian against Morgoth, um, 
throughout the time of siege of, siege of Angband. So I'm gonna read a little bit about that. Because this, so this is from uh, the Silmarillion, uh, the chapter of Beleriand and its realms. Um, it talks about uh, Doriath a little. So I'll just you'll get to learn about Doriath a little. South of Ardgallan, the high, the great highlands named Dorthonium stretch sixty leagues from the west to east. Great pines force it bore, especially in its northern and western sides. But gentle slopes from the plain its rose in a beak with lofty land, where lay many tarns at the feet of bare tors whose heads were higher than the peaks of arid Wethrin. But southwards, where it looked towards Doriath, it fell suddenly into dreadful precipices. From the northern slopes of Dorthonium, Angrod and Agnor, Ignor, sorry, Angrod and Ignor, sons of Finarfin, looked over the fields of the Ardgladden, where the vassals of their brother Finrod, lord of Nargothrond, their peoples were few, for the land was barren. But the great highlands behind were deemed to be the bulwark that Morgoth would not lightly seek to cross. So, um, they just watched, their thing was to watch over Dorthonian, um, together as brothers, because they loved each other. And Ignor, um, they both of them, they both had lady friends, um, <laughs> So I'm going to talk about Ignor's lady friend first. Oh, hold on real quick. I looked this up real quick. I think I've looked it up uh, like last year when I read the Silmarillion, but I'd never noticed those words before. When you're talking about Dorthonian, you said there were many tarns of, yeah. like among the Taurus. I was reading that thinking, what does that mean? Um, tarns are small mountain lakes like mm-hmm. high up in the peaks, and then Taurus are like rocky formation, like they're rocky outcrops. Like, you know, chimney tops and mm-hmm. uh, the Smoky Mountains, yeah. those are Taurus. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, I looked that up. So tarns and yeah, tours. Yeah, they're just basically different terms for like lakes and rock, rocky peaks and stuff like that. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, there you go. Lady friends. Oh, yes. Go, so go lady it. friend time. It's the lady friend hour. Ignor never married, but he was in love with Andreth, this lady who was an elf. Um, and she returned his feelings because she loved him as well. Um, but they never married, like I said. Um, and do you know why, Grant? Why? Um the it was uh like i can't think of the word tradition i guess or like respectful to not marry during wartime for elves oh right so i don't know the right word i guess it's tradition or just like uh, yeah yeah i know yeah, i don't about. i yeah, can't yeah. think of a better word but they were they didn't marry during wartime um and sadly he died in a war Dang. so we never saw the end of it um but he was in love with her um and uh, he was killed along with his brother soon after Morgoth broke the siege at the start of Dragor, ba- Dragor Bragalak, which is a flame, not flame, battle of sudden flame, yeah, the flame yeah. of sudden battle, Whoa. battle of sudden flame. Um, I'll read that in a second, but I'm going to also talk about uh, Angrod's lady friend. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Angrod was the oldest yeah. of the um, family of Finarfin. Well, they're sons of Finarfin. Yeah, Finrod and then Angrod. Oh, yeah, yeah. sorry. The uh, two brothers. Sorry, yes. Yeah. I'm, my apologies. Yeah, no. My apologies. Um, uh, so, his lady friend was... Okay, I'm not going to pronounce this right. Is it Eldalote? Eldalote, yeah. yeah. I just pronounced it right because Grant told <laughs> me. <laughs> it's Eldalote. He married, he married her, so he was a little more lucky, <laughs> depending on how you view it, you know. Um... And she was Noldoran in her... Uh, I forgot how to say it already. Eldalote. Eldalote. Um, Edhelos in Sindarin. That's how you say it in Sindarin. Yeah. Which is a little easier. Yeah. Um, But uh, cool fact about him, his son was Orgreth, which Grant already said. Yeah, yeah. 
Ordreth's son was Gilgalad. Ooh. So uh, Angrod is Gilgalad's grandpa. Grandpa. Old Gramps, you know. Grandpa Angrod. Yeah, Grandpa Angrod. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna read about their deaths. Uh, spoiler: they died, <laughs> <laughs> which I already told you guys. But um. Yeah. So let me find. Uh, yeah. For real, for real, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna move this tab because it's covering up the words. I gotta read those. Uh, so this is in the Silmarillion, the Rune of Balerion chapter. The sons of Finarfin bore most heavily the brunt of the assault, and Angrod and Agnor were slain. Beside them fell Barogloss, lord of the house of Beor, and a great part of the warriors of that people. So, you don't really get much detail on it, but they did not survive. But you know. Um, yeah, so, tragic end for Angrod and Agnor. Um, Agnor never married. He did not marry <laughs> and Angrod did marry I don't know if he married before the war started or if he just ignored the tradition but you know they were two good guys they hung out together in Dorthonian and there's some cool pictures I was looking or drawings fan art I guess yeah um of them in Dorthonian um just lounging on rocks and stuff looking over and that's all I have for those two bros um, because there's not a bunch about them. And they might have been good people, but I don't know. They're yeah. Probably good people, but we don't never know. know. So, yeah, Grant, I'm going to toss it back to you. Back with Finrod. Back with Finrod is Grant. Yeah, when I just caught it because he tossed it. You know what actually is a good idea? An ad break. Ah. And then Grant back with Finrod. Ad Astra. Ad Breakstra. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hey everyone, have you been wondering where you can see the behind the scenes of this podcast or correct us when we inevitably get something wrong on the podcast? Well, I'm here to let you know. You can find us on Instagram at exploringmiddle underscore earth or on Twitter at expmiddleearth. If you don't want to look those up, links to both of those will be in the show notes. Okay, welcome back uh, after that little shameless social media plug um so we're continuing on with the story of finrod after jay just explained uh his two younger brothers uh angrod and ignore and they're very short stories uh so we'll return to finrod once again um so after his uh completion of the tower of minas tirith um, he journeyed southwards along the Syrian with his friend Turgon, and also cousin, and they camped on the shores of the river and fell into a deep sleep in which each one of the cousins had a dream each thought to be kept secret. Mm-hmm. In their dreams, the Vala Ulmo came to them and revealed to them hidden locations and the desire to create hidden fortresses and places of strength so they could contest the might of Morgoth and harbor the last valor of the Noldor. Uh, so each one of these had a dream, and they kind of desired to create their own like little hidden kingdoms. But they kept it a secret. And they kept it a secret. I'm not telling anyone. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, as I was saying earlier, Finrod and his siblings were um, close kin to King Thingol and Doriath because of the connection with Thingol's brother, Olway, and then the, the children's mother, Eärwen. Uh, um, so Finrod and his siblings, especially Galadriel, often stayed in Menegroth. So uh, what do you have on Galadriel, Jay? 
Galadriel. Um, Especially in the first stage. <laughs> yes, in the first yeah. stage. Well, Years of the Trees and the first stage. Yeah, right. No, uh, because totally right. we've already covered her, uh, Grant has, in the second age, and probably third age, too. Yeah, I mean, is, everybody knows about this her. This is like age. what... This is like what Jay was talking like when Jay talked about Finrod in that one episode, but it was kind of brief. And then this is what yeah. I was talking about with Galadriel, but it was kind of brief. And now Jay's taking over. Yes. So. Yes. So yes. everybody, welcome Galadriel, the only daughter of Finarfin. <laughs> yes. Welcome. We don't actually have her here, so don't freak out, guys. Oh. Um, Kate Blanchard or Morfid Clark? We have them both. R- really? They talk at the same time. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I'm gonna read a little thing from Tolkien because that's what we do on this podcast. Um, this is a letter Tolkien wrote to uh, Mrs. Catherine Findlay. I'm not sure what she asked, but she sent him a letter and he replied to her and it's talking about Galadriel and her name and her hair. And I just thought it was interesting because it's a short letter. It's like a paragraph. So I thought I'd read it for everybody, you know, all the guests out there. Yeah, yeah. And the listeners and the fans and you. Yeah. I got some in my eye, dude. In this thing in my eye, dude. Aye, aye, aye. Aye, aye, aye. Okay. So this is letter. This is from Tolkien's letters, 348. From a letter to Mrs. Catherine Findlay, March 6, 1973. Wow. That's a long time ago. Or not, depends on when you were born. Because if you were born before that, we're not going to say that's a long time because you're not old. But to us, you are. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Galadriel, like all the other names of the elvish persons in The Lord of the Rings, is an invention of my own. It is Sindarin from, and then in parentheses, C appendices E and F. And means maiden crowned with gleaming hair. It is a secondary name given to her in her youth in the far past because she had long hair which glistened like gold but was also shot with silver. She was then of Amazon disposition and bound up her hair as with a crown taking part as with a crown when taking part in athletic feats. So she put her she put her hair up, you know, it wasn't always hanging down. Also right as I was reading that I didn't realize the connection with uh she was then of Amazon disposition. Yeah. And now she's on Amazon Prime no Video. Coincidence? Tolkien predicted the future. Did Tolkien just confirm Amazon rings of power? <laughs> I don't know. A conspiracy, <laughs> which we will dive deep on in the next episode. <laughs> yeah. No, we won't. No, we won't. Um, Yeah. But uh, I just thought it was an interesting thing what Tolkien had yeah. to say. Because Tolkien's an interesting guy, you know? <laughs> Right, part, yeah. It's part well, of the reason why we're talking right now. Oh, well, yeah. It is the reason why we're talking. Yeah. And we both got... I feel like every time we come on here, we keep burping. We're gassy podcasters. Gassy guys. <laughs> the GG. GG. <laughs> Welcome to Exploring Middle Earth with your hosts, the gassy guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so she was born in the year of the trees, 1362, so 62 years after Finrod, right? Because he was 1300, right? Yeah, he was 1300, yeah. Uh, Well, that's 13 years of trees, not years of humans, (laughs) like Grant said earlier. (laughs) Yeah. So after the two trees of Valinor were gone, Morgoth was like, I'm out of here with these. I'm out of here. The lights out of here. Get that out of here. Who shut the lights off? (laughs) Um, Uh... And uh, she was Galadriel was the only woman of the Noldor who stood with the princes uh, with Feanor. Yeah. So she was the only lady out there, and she was representing. Um, Represent. But you know what she didn't do? She didn't swore an oath. Uh, but the war- words of Feanor concerning Middle Earth uh, kindled a desire in her heart, and she was eager to see Middle Earth. And kind of like to rule it a little. She was like, I want to see it, but also like have control. 
which you know shout out to her right right, right. for doing that right, right. um and uh she like the rest of the house of finarfin she was also supportive of the exile by the desire to aid their Sindarin relatives in middle earth um and uh she did not partake in the king slaying of the alquen al how is it alquende alqualande alqualande you did not partake in the kinsling, which I think would be a cool episode if we talked about that. Yeah. But uh, all you need to know now is she didn't partake in it. Um, and then they followed, or she, f- her, and some of her fam, you know, followed Fingolfin uh, instead, and they crossed the Helcaraxe in the far north, um, which was perilous, but they did it. Um, and it was crazy, but they did it. Um, so now we're skipping to the first age. So in the first age, 52... Um, Finrod and Galadriel became long guests in Doriath, but her brother eventually departed to the caverns of Narag to establish a stronghold in Argothrond. Um, Galadriel did not go with him, but she remained in Doriath because there was a fancy guy there she liked, and his name was Celeborn. Um, he was a king ma- kinsman of Thingol, um, and they were in love. Um, but despite their love, they did not marry each other just then following the custom among the Eldar of avoiding marriage and childbearing during the war. That's the word I was looking for. It was a custom, not a tradition. It was a custom. Um, so, just like her brother, Aignor, um, they she didn't get married during the war. Um, but eventually they got married after the war ended because they both survived the war. Um, and she didn't really have a role in the major wars of the First Age uh, because she believed that defeating Morgoth was beyond the power of the Eldar. Um. Uh, and um, and there's different versions of the stories. Um, with the histories of Middle Earth and uh, the Silmarillion and what happened, but um, in one of the versions, when Morgoth was defeated by the coming of the Valar out of the West, um, because she did not play a part in the kinslaying, uh, she was offered a safe return to Valinor, but um she turned it down and that's just one of the because there's some of this or some of the uh there's a version where she's not uh exiled from there or like she's not blocked passage what is it she she banned yeah Yeah. sorry i'm bad at thinking of just regular words (laughs) she's not banned um but yeah so she so she uh was just chilling with uh caliborn during the first age just just chilling. Just in love. I don't think she had any kids during the first age. Or she no. Yeah, it was a second uh, age. very early second age. Three hundred. Yeah, year three hundred. So she should have a kid in the Rings of Power. Yeah, and a husband. And a husband. But hey, that's okay. We're not talking about that. We have. Well, we'll talk about later. You should have seen <laughs> what I just did to Jay. I just shrugged and yeah. Meh. You guys didn't hear that? He shrugged. Did you guys hear that? Yeah, that's how that's how I feel towards Galadriel's story. Just yeah. a shrug. But you know what? You can hear about that in uh, Rings of Power Half Rings Hour. Rings of Power Half Hour, which we'll talk about later. New episode this weekend. But Grant, I'm going to toss this topic back to you. Because the first age has ended for Galadriel. First age, okay. done. Over done with. So. Yeah, so while you were talking, I was also looking up the whole transition between uh, solar years, which are our years, versus the years of the trees. They're actually called Valian years, years of the Valar. Um. And apparently, one valiant hour is equal to seven hours of our time. One valiant day 
which is about 12 valiant hours, um, is equal to 85 or 84 hours of our time, which is three and a half days. And one valiant year is equal to nine and a half years of our time. Okay. So, so it's, it's kind of like dog years, yeah. same idea. So it's it's nine years, but then I think in later writings, the reason why I thought it was 144, because in later writings, which is featured in uh, The Nature of Middle Earth, it's like 144 years for every mm-hmm. one valiant year. So it's kind of hard, like especially with, um, like I think one example they gave that was kind of like, it's hard to like just use that uh, to calculate how many valiant years were equal to solar years for certain dates. Um, that events take took place in the years of the trees. Like for example, the exile of the Noldor took place over. Um, let me see. I just saw that. I just saw that. Okay, we're just going for granted. Where to go? For for where to go? Like uh, the yeah. So the flight of the Noldor, which took place over five valiant years, went from. Uh, around 50 solar years to being converted into about 700 solar years. So it, it wouldn't make as much sense if you kind of applied it to that. I think that was like one of the things Tolkien was trying to figure out is how he could convert it. But as far as ages go, it just made the elves even older mm-hmm. than we think them to be. But for right now, just to keep it easy, it's about nine and a half years for every one valiant year. So that's the difference right there. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so yeah, back to me and Finrod. Back to the basics. Back to best buds, me and Finrod. Finrod and I, sorry. Um, so yeah, so Galadriel and Finrod and some of the other siblings would stay in the halls of King Thingol and Doriath. Um, and Finrod often remarked on the wonders of Metagroth, which is his like thousand, it's called the Thousand Caves um, in his fortress. Uh, so he remarked on the wonders of Metagroth to Thingol who then spoke of the deep gorges of the river Narog and the high Faroth to the west. Finrod was curious and eager to begin construction of his hidden realm and set off to find the caverns of Narog, which he did. There he established the realm of Nargothrond, which uh, literally means the caves of Narog um, Mm -hmm. in Sindarin, with the aid of the dwarves of the Blue Mountains, and Finrod paid them in jewels from Valinor, and they made him the Naglamir, which is the necklace of dwarves, as the thanks. Um, so Finrod was then named Felagund by the dwarves, which meant hewer of caves in Kuzdul, the dwarven language. Um, and his tower of Minas Tirith in the north was committed to Oradreth, his nephew. Finrod then ruled Nargothrond as king, which extended east to Sirion and west nigh to the sea, excluding the region of Phallus, which was governed by Círdan the shipwright, who was a close ally. Uh, it then went north to the arid Wethrin, the mountains of shadow, and south to the mouths of Syrian at the Bay of the Balar, or Bay of Balar. It might also have included the small realm of Oradreth about the Vales of Syrian, which he once ruled as well. So now, f- I almost said Finar Finrod. So now Finrod is king of a, a large realm, like one of the largest realms of Beleriand. So he has a lot of power, um, and. He's yeah, so he's king. I think the high king at this time is either Fingolfin or Fingon. So he's not like high king of the Noldor, but he's one of the kings of the Noldor, yeah. uh, who pays respects to the high king, either Fingon or Fingolfin. But either way, Fingon was like one of his best friends, so they were very close. And uh, over three hundred years had passed when the Noldor first returned to Middle Earth. When I begin this whole story. So, uh, Finrod went away east with Mithros and Maglor, uh, with also with whom he was close, and they were the sons of Feanor. And they were also, I would argue, probably the nicest of the sons of Feanor. 
Mithros was a nice guy. He gave up his high kingship to Fingolfin. And then Maglor was, uh, he was basically a bard in the, in the most laid back sense. Yeah. He was a musician. I think he would play like harp and stuff like that. Um, but they went hunting, uh, close to the mountains of the arid Luin. Um, after a while, Finrod got, uh, tired of hunting and he departed ways with the two sons of Feanor and he went further east into the first dales of the mountains. There in the lands of Thargelion, Finrod Felagund became the first Noldor of Beleriand to encounter the race of men. The second born of yes, Eru. Dude, this is a good story. Good story. Yeah, Jade talked about this uh, in the mm. other episode. <coughs> so uh, these men came from the house of Beor the Old. They were sleeping in a camp when Fidrod came to them and took up their harps and sang a song. One by one, each of the men in the camp awoke and thought they were in some fair dream until they saw one another experiencing the same thing. Fenrod then stayed with these men for some time, learning their uncouth language and teaching them the language of the Sindar. These men were able to convey that they desired to move far from the mountains in the east where shadows lurked long and deep. So Finrod convinced the Lyquendi, uh, who lived in, uh, around the lands of Thargelion and Osirian in the south, uh, that these men were not evil nor orcs, and he gained permission from Thingol, who was technically king of all of Beleriand, to lead them nigh to Doriath in the plains of the Estelad so they could camp there and live there. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so that happens. <laughs> the, so that happens. The, the men move to Estolad, and uh, Finrod kind of becomes their friend, uh, at least to the house of Beor. Um, and Finrod actually becomes close friends with Andreth, who was um, Agnor's lover, I guess. Lover. Um, who never married, but he became friends with them because he knew Andreth through Agnor, and she was a wise woman and a prophet, basically. Yeah. So. Uh, Andreth and Fendron often held long conversations about the future of men and elves because Andreth was basically a future seer, uh, a sight uh, sightseer. That's not a <laughs> word. That's not a thing. Sightseer is a tourist. Uh, what's as uh, future seer? Future seer. This is like a soothsayer, but they tell yeah, like bad uh, things about yeah, the future. Anyway, so they would talk about it because Finrod was uh, he was um, what would you call it? He was kind of uh, like what I what do you call it? He was um, a scholar, basically. Mm -hmm. So he liked to learn. He was very wise, and he always sought out knowledge, and especially knowledge that concerned the future. So he talked with Andreth quite a bit. Um, during the Dagwar Bragalak, which Jay mentioned was the Battle of Sudden Flames, in the First Age 455, Finrod brought his forces to the Fen of Sarek to defend the Vales of Syrian, where Oradreth ruled in the north. He was hemmed in the narrow valleys and the boggy grasses uh, of the fen, and he was surrounded by orcs when an army led by Barahir, descendant of Beor the Old, who was his friend, came to the rescue. Finrod swore an oath to Barahir and vowed to aid him in any way to repay the debt. He gave to Barahir his ring from Valinor, which you remember I said he took it with him, mm -hmm. as a token of friendship, which was then known afterwards as the Ring of Barahir. However, Oradreth was defeated and fled with Finrod back to Nargothrond. Sauron was able to capture Minas Tirith and turn it into his own base of operations. Um, and then ten years after the Dagor Bragalak, in which Finrod's two brothers died, uh, Angrod and Agnor, the son of Badahir, named Baron, came to the realm of Nargothrond and demanded audience with King Finrod. Ooh. He there presented the Ring of Badahir and asked for the debt to be repaid in the form of assistance on a quest. A very important quest. It was the quest of the Silmaril that wrapped Finrod up in the Oath of Feanor and ended in his demise. Oof. 
So uh, two sons of Feanor were actually living in Nargothrond at the time. These were Celeborn, uh, not Celeborn, Celegorm and Curufin. Um, and they were probably the most wicked and cruel of their brothers. Yeah, not deeply, good guys. Yeah, deeply obsessed with retrieving the Silmarils and stopping anyone with enough courage to do what they were reluctant to do. Basically, they didn't have the balls to do it, and they hated anyone who had the balls to do it. Yeah. Uh, so they were able to convince most of the warriors of Nargothrond to stay behind and let Baron fend for himself. However, held by his vow of friendship to the, ho- to the House of Beor, Finrod and ten other warriors, including an elf named Edrahil, went with Baron to aid him on his quest. Oradreth, his nephew, he left in charge of the rule of Nargothrond. So that's when Oradreth becomes king of Nargothrond. Mm-hmm. Um, the heroes approached the Toll in Garha, the Isle of Werewolves, where Sauron ruled and where once Oradreth and Finrod ruled. So that was once Minas Tirith. Um, Finrod uh, and the company of other elves and Baron attacked a band of orcs that were um, on their way to Tolengarhoth and they put on their armor and took their weapons and their cloaks and stuff like that and then Finrod cast an enchantment upon the twelve companions to look as if their skin was like orc skin and their faces as well. Um, which, is, which is interesting because that's one of like the only instances where elves have magic like that. Yeah. Where yeah. they can shapeshift I yeah. guess. I wish they included more of that in, like, like adaptations like The Rings of Power. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not really a spoiler, but there's one scene in the first episode where Galadriel punches an ice wall, and it mm-hmm. would have been cool if she would, like, burst it open with, like, a little bit of magic or something like that. Yeah. But... And that, that punch had that weird, like, classic... <laughs> yeah, it was, like, it was like hitting a watermelon with a two-by-four. Yeah. That's what they used to make that sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's what <laughs> it was on ice. Yeah, it was kind of stupid. Um, yeah, so Sauron was not deceived, though, for the orcs were supposed to report to him... <coughs> sorry. <laughs> when passing through the Vales of Syrian and Tolengarhoth, and he discovered that they were not actually orcs. Mm. And uh, so Finrod was not wishing to be discovered because he's a he's an elven king mm-hmm. and very important, and he did not want the quest to be revealed to Sauron, uh, then opposed Sauron in a feat of magic song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grant's going to sing for us now. So, I'm no, I'm not going to sing. I'm I wish, just kidding, guys. I wish I could, uh, like, form it into a song because the thing is, is, like, I could... I could probably sing it as a song, but also Tolkien leaves no like evidence of like what the song should sound like. So I'm mm-hmm. not good at coming up with like melodies or anything. So anyways, here it is. This is page 171 in my uh, version of the Silmarillion. It takes place uh, kind of in the middle or earlier on in Baron in the chapter of Baron and Luthien. Let me get a drink of water for a second. Prepare my vocal cords. All right, here we go. He chanted a song of wizardry, of piercing opening of treachery, revealing, uncovering, betraying. Then sudden Felagoon there swaying, sang in answer a song of staying, resisting, battling against power, of secrets kept strength like a tower, and trust unbroken, freedom escape, of changing and of shifting shape, of snares eluded, broken traps, the prison opening, the chain that snaps. Backwards and forwards swayed their song, reeling and foundering as ever more strong. The chanting swelled, Felagoon fought, and all the magic and might he brought, of Elveness into his words. Softly in the gloom they heard the birds, singing afar in Nargothrond, the sighing of the sea beyond, 
beyond the western world on sand, on sand of pearls and elven land. Then the gloom gathered, darkness growing, and Valinor, the red blood flowing. Beside the sea where the Noldor slew, the foam riders in stealing drew, their white ships upon with their white sails, from lamplit havens, the wind wails, the wolf howls, the ravens flee, the ice mutters in the mouths of the sea, the captives sad and Angband mourn, thunder rumbles, the fires burn, and Finrod fell before the throne. Wow. Dang. And there's a, in the standalone Baron and Luthien book, they have the whole lay, which is like that poem. Yeah. Which is really good. Oh yeah, it's really good. It's fun yeah. to read. I uh, have a great time reading that. I, book. Yeah, I had a great, great time. time. Reading. Yeah, so uh, Finrod and Baron and their companions uh, were then revealed uh, as elves, and then Baron, of course, as a man, and they were thrown into the pits of wolves on the Stred Island. One by one, each member of the company was slain by a werewolf until only Baron and Finrod were left. Deeming Finrod to be some great elf lord, Sauron moved to kill Baron first and keep Finrod to question last. When the werewolf came again to take Baron's life, Finrod burst from the chains that bound him with supernatural strength and wrestled the wolf and killed it with his hands and teeth, which is pretty sick, if you ask me. After the battle, Finrod succumbed to his mortal wounds and died in the pits of the very tower he had built some 400 years ago. Wow. Full circle. Full circle. Yeah. It would have been full circle if he died in the same place he was born, but uh, almost full circle. (laughs) <laughs> and we have a whole episode on Baron and Luthien. Yeah, yeah. And it's a really good story, so listen to that. Or just read the story in the Silmarillion. Do it for yourself, man. Do it for yourself, man. Think for yourself, yeah, man. man. Don't let us tell you what to do. Think for yourself. There's a burp again. Oh, that's a paradox. Don't let us tell you what to do. Think for yourself. Yeah. Burp whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, Finrod was held to be, um, after he died, Finrod was held to be among the only elves to be reincarnated for his noble actions in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with Glorfindel, Finrod returned to life in Valinor, where he aboded for the rest of his time uh, with his presumably now wife, Amarie, and his father, Finarfin. So, kind of a happy ending for him. Yeah. Um, so, Galadriel's the only one who didn't die. Yeah, Galadriel's the only uh, surviving member of her siblings. Um, mm-hmm. Well, because Finrod's technically alive, right? Because he w- was reincarnated. Yeah, yeah, but he's in Valinor now. Yeah. But yeah, he did die. Uh, but yeah, Galadriel's the only one who survives, mm-hmm. I guess, the tragedies of the First Age and the Second Age and the, and the Third, third age. age. So, you know. And the Fourth Age? What does that say about her? She wasn't brave enough to go into battle. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. I think the Rings of Power has something to say about that. Right? Yeah, we'll see. I'm not <laughs> saying it very well. Uh, okay, so that is the end of our story. Uh, most of it followed Finrod because he had a lot about him. And I he's d- just a good guy. Yeah, I guess most guy. of it could have been Galadriel too, but that's mostly Second Age and Third Age. But mm-hmm. we're talking mostly about First Age because that's when the majority of these characters take place. So we had, you know, Finarfin. We had my boy Finrod. We yeah. had Ingrid, Agnor, Galadriel. You know... <laughs> the whole crew. The whole crew. Uh, so I think actually uh, Angrod and Galadriel were the only ones to have kids. Galadriel yeah. only had one and Angrod only had one, mm-hmm. I think. Right? Let me let me look at his... Uh, Angrod had Oradreth and Oradreth had Finduilas and Gilgalad. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me check out his uh, family tree. And Galadriel had Clebriand. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Glad you had Clebriand. So, so they each only had one kid. 
So that's just two kids or two grandkids okay. for Finarfin. Okay, I've got some trivia for you. How many questions? Two. Oh, good. I only have two trivia questions. Okay, I think that's what we normally do. So yeah. I, I'm just gonna stick well, with that. Sometimes we do three. I didn't know. I didn't okay. know. Okay. Uh, so my first question for you is, and I mentioned this, so hopefully you get it. Okay. Why were the House of Finarfin's hair unique? Uh. I don't know, remember um, exactly. But among the Noldor. Wh- oh, because it was a different color. It was blonde. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I thought you were asking why it was blonde. And I was like, oh, I don't know. No. Because it, it, was, it was blonde and the other ones were like dark. Yeah, yeah. So the rest of the Noldor usually had dark hair, whereas the House of Fenarfin had yellow, golden, blonde, whatever you want to yeah. say. Yeah. Wait, wait, let me ask my question. Or would you have another? No, but I was going to say it's because Fenarfin's wife, or yeah, Fenarfin's wife is of the Vanyar and the Vanyar head mostly yellow hair so yeah okay so what's your question what's your okay this one should be easy because i you just literally talked about it oh which one of finarfin's sons was the only one to get married uh angrod yeah yeah congratulations sweet dude yeah because i was i wrote that down and you go angrod's the only one angrod and galadriel the only ones who had kids yeah dang he knows he knows okay so this one's a little harder because i mentioned this item but i didn't mention what i'm gonna ask so, in the Third Age, who is shown to hold the Ring of Barahir after many thousands of years and is indeed some long descendant of Barahir himself? Well, it either have to be Galadriel, Elrond, or... Or, no, the Ring of Barahir is... um That's not one of the three Elven Rings. No. Um, it would have to be a man. Is it... um um oh, What's his name? It's not... Aragorn, or is it Aragorn? I let you decide. I don't know. Um, because the other one I was thinking of is the s- one of the Rohirrim or something, or uh, ah, what's what's the guy in the Fellowship? He's named played by Sean Bean. Boromir. Boromir. Yeah. That's the only other one. It's probably it's probably Aragorn. It is. It's yeah. Aragorn. Yeah, it's Aragorn. Yeah. And I think. Uh, <coughs> Yeah, it's held by Aragorn because it's an uh, basically an artifact of the uh, Dúnedain because mm-hmm. it's passed along in Númenor, and then eventually it comes to uh, Arnor, and then Aragorn gets it passed from father to father, and then he uses the Ring of Bar here as like a basically an engagement ring to be betrothed to Arwen. So mm-hmm. then, actually, by the time of the War of the Ring, Arwen is the one who has the ring. But I was looking for Aragorn. Yeah, yeah. That's but also Arwen is. Uh, descendant of Barahir as well because Barahir's son Baron married Luthien oh yeah and then there's that whole line half yeah. elven yeah, yeah so. it is. I just yep. finished the audiobook for the Fellowship of the Rings by or er, read by Andy yeah. good old Andy Circus. Andy Circus, yeah he's good, he's good at it you know yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, what's your second question my second question this is probably also easy but could be not easy we'll but see. it probably is where did Ignor and Angrong Angron Angron watch over <laughs> basically <laughs> uh Dorthonian yes yeah, 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 yeah. yes yeah. that's good thanks man uh yeah so two for two for both of us two for two for two two for two for two do you have a uh middle earth current events no because pretty much all that's going on is the rings of power and there's people that are mad and people yeah. that are happy and it's just out there yeah the only thing I was going to say is that we have our uh, two episodes up of the Rings of Power Half Hour, which mm-hmm. are just um, just our kind of like uh, commentary on it, uh, 
explaining some of the lore, what's missing, what we thought was good and bad, and kind of just a very quick summary of the episode. Because yeah, we wanted to keep the main episodes Rings just about yeah, just about lore, or by the lore, yeah, just by lore yeah. of the books and stuff like that. So we didn't want to turn into a, a solely a uh, Rings of Power fan. Uh, podcast, yeah. Which I wouldn't know if I'm a fan yet because I've mm-hmm. only seen two episodes. But uh, by the time we're recording this, the third episode will be coming out in a few days. And by the time this releases, the third episode will have released, and I will probably have come out with the uh, the third rings of power half hour. So that's all yes. I'm going to say is just uh, go and listen to those if you have any questions about the episode. We probably won't answer all of your questions, um, but we'll at least have some commentary on it. And uh, maybe you guys will agree with some of it. And if you don't, that's fine. Everyone has their own opinions about it. Yeah. You know, some people really like it. Some people don't like it. I'm still kind of neutral about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad I watched them back to back because I think if I watched them one by one and had to wait like another week for the second episode, I think I wouldn't have liked it as much. Yeah. Because the first episode, the pacing was a little slow, but it was mm-hmm. mostly just introducing things. Uh, but then by the second episode, it picked up a little bit. So it was basically like watching a two-hour movie with, like, the plot never being <laughs> Yeah, uh, never completed. coming to fruition. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, but um, other than that, I thought it was fairly good, you know. Yeah. One thing I do want to say is with – because I've seen a lot – I've been checking Twitter a lot because um, – just to see what people say because there's a ton of people on either side. Uh, if you're going to form an opinion about it, make sure to watch it because there's a lot of people who are bashing it it's mostly people who are bashing it, but people yeah. who also like it, who haven't watched it, and they're just going off other people's opinion. Yeah, you should probably watch it. Just watch it for yourself. Yeah. And and uh, like don't like don't like it not don't not like it just to not like it. Yeah, and don't like it just to like it. Form your own opinions, guys. Yeah. Everybody's being a sheep. <laughs> and Grant and I are being wolves in sheep clothing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> no, know what that means. We have no influence <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say, too, don't be ashamed on your own opinion. If you mm-hmm. watch it and you are actually pleasantly surprised by it and really like it, then like it. You if know? you're attracted to it, hey. I'm, if you're attracted to a TV show, like I'm, not the characters, but the t- the idea of the TV yeah. show. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about it. It's a little weird. But it is weird because you can't it can't reciprocate the feelings. Yeah. But you know. But and then if you don't like the show at all, then you don't have to like the show at all. You know. Yeah. That's not for you. But um, I'm still kind of neutral on it. Mm-hmm. There were good things. There were bad things. Uh, but yeah, you'll have to find about that. Find out a find out, about that. Yeah. In the Rings of Power half hour Rings episodes power, that we do. Hour. Mine was half an hour. Jay's was 18 minutes. <laughs> Yours was like 34 minutes. 34 minutes, And the minutes, mine was yeah. 18 minutes. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not as a... My dog a, kept barking <laughs> in mine, like, right next to me. And I was just recording on my phone because I didn't... Like, I didn't have an adapter mm-hmm. to plug into the mic. So, I was just doing a... Grant's dogs were barking the uh, entire episode. My dogs episode. were barking. <laughs> so, I kind of... It might be, like, a little choppy. I couldn't... I didn't really listen to it either. It's so okay. I, I fixed it for you. Thanks, man. But, yeah. So, that's it. Uh... Just kind of another plug for that. For other, those are basically like bonus episodes. They'll Bet come out. Clean. Yeah, <laughs> they'll come out either the weekend or the Monday after each episode. Airs. Yeah, every Friday yeah, is when the episodes so. air. Yeah, so uh, stay classy. Yeah, we don't have an idea for next episode yet, but yeah, you'll hear but it when it comes out. It might be more uh, kind of lore stuff like this. I really enjoy these kinds of episodes because we just got off of doing like a whole Hobbit read through, mm-hmm. uh, which I think eventually we'll do the Fellowship of the Ring and those ones again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so um, yes, yeah, so we just got off the Hobbit like uh, like read through, and then. Um, Basically, the episodes up to that were either influences that Tolkien had 
um, making Lord of the Rings and then uh, like kind of gearing up for Rings of Power. And so now we're kind of back to what we started with originally when we first made the podcast, uh, just kind of lore-based episodes. And those are my favorite ones, so yeah, uh, this was kind of fun. I mean, maybe we'll do like the other uh, Children of Finway. So there's the Children of Finarfin, which we just did. We could do the Children of Fanor. And the children of Fingolfin. We yeah. can do a whole little series on those coming yeah. up. So just stay tuned. You never know. You'll find out. You'll never know. We'll never know either. I don't know. Never. Which, knowing us, we'll probably just do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So thanks for listening, yeah. guys. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah. We'll, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, you're welcome. Sorry. <laughs> thanks. Uh, yeah. We'll see you guys later.